Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, you'd be amazed how long I could go without seeing another human being in person. I worked from home and spent most of my days sitting in my office typing away at my data entry gig. Once I was done with my work for the day, I would usually go for a walk to stretch my legs and get some exercise before returning home for the evening. From there, I'd either plop down on the couch and binge whatever show I was on, or I head back to my office and start up a game with some of my friends. We all lived in different states for years, so our time together online was all we had. And even then, it was typically just the voice chat while we played. And that was basically my life. I could go a good week and a half before I needed to go to the store or interact with anyone at all. And I really didn't mind it. I'd always liked being alone. Data points in a spreadsheet couldn't criticize me, and I never had to wear pants. It kind of sounded like a perfect life to me, and I didn't need people. They could be awful. They pretend not to stare as I walk by, and then talk far too loudly about me behind my back. Hell, I get it too. There's a reason I never spent much time looking in the mirror. I've got a cleft lip. And a pretty gnarly one at that. My parents were the type of deep south snake talking church people who took that as a sign of the devil. So they never took me to get it fixed. What I got instead was four hours a day of forced prayers and exorcism attempts to try and force the demon out of me. I was about ten when child protective services got me out of that madhouse and put me into another madhouse entirely the foster system. Now, of course, no one wanted to adopt the kid who came with the need for a few surgeries, so I was in and out of different homes until I turned 18 and decided to try to make it on my own. I took night classes and learned some important life skills. I then landed my job and data entry. Numbers came easily enough, and I never had to see anyone face to face. I thought about saving up enough money to get the surgery now that I'm on my own, but I don't think it's worth it. You see, I am who I am, regardless of my upper lip. And if people don't care to know me with a deformity, then they wouldn't care to know me without one. I'd always been happy to live my life outside the view of prying eyes. At least, it was good while it lasted. But... It all started when that thing showed up on my bedroom wall. I noticed it a few years ago when I was getting ready for bed. I had just brushed my teeth and laid down, and was about to turn the lamp off when I saw an eye in the darkness on the other side of the room. Startled, I bolted up in my bed and grabbed my phone. I turned the flashlight on and aimed it at the eye, and it squinted in the light. I sat frozen, locked in a staring match with the impossible 
for several minutes before deciding my own eyes must have been playing tricks on me. Keeping the light trained on it, I slowly made my way across the room toward the switch on the wall, watching as it watched me. I was praying that I would turn on the overhead and find a smudge or a scuff or even a stain. Hell, I didn't care what I might find in the brightness, so long as it wasn't what I thought through the shadow. The overhead light came on, causing the eye on the wall to squint tighter for a brief moment. But then, it opened fully. The iris was a striking blue, and the pupil was a gaping maw of inky blackness that dilated as it focused in on me. I saw a recognition in it, an unmistakable sharpness that only saw, but understood what I was looking at. I pulled up the camera on my phone and snapped a picture, only to watch it blink as I did. The entirety of the eye disappeared for an instant, leaving only wall. No crease, no line, nothing. It opened back up after the picture had been taken and resumed staring at me. I looked at the photograph in astonishment. I didn't catch it. My initial horror turned to amazement when I tried to take a second picture, then a third and a fourth. The eye blinked away again and again and again, disappearing for the briefest of moments every time the shutter closed. Curious, I swapped over to a video and started recording. The moment that circle turned red, the eye closed. I pressed the stop button and my jaw dropped when the eye instantly opened back up again. This thing somehow knew when it was being documented. I sat there for the better part of an hour, pressing record and waiting as long as I could before hitting stop, then marveling as the eye opened and shut with perfect timing. It was by far the creepiest thing I had ever seen, but it had me mesmerized. I didn't feel threatened or endangered by the eye. I saw no malice or hatred. No, instead of all those things, all I saw was curiosity. It was almost like the eye was as confused by me as I was by it. Eventually, though, the shock and novelty of it all wore off, and exhaustion began creeping its way in. It was time to go to bed. Maybe I would wake up in the morning and it would be gone, just the lingering memory of a vivid dream, even though I felt assured by my decision that it must have been a dream. I didn't want to lay down with the eye watching me. I grabbed the spare blanket off my chair and draped it from the picture frame hanging above the eye, covering it up. My hands lingered there for a moment. Curious, I pulled back an edge of the blanket ever so slightly and peeked behind it. The eye met my gaze with that same bright curiosity that it had displayed all night. Somehow feeling reassured by its lack of anger at being covered up, I left the blanket draped where it was, turning off the lights, and I went to sleep. I woke up to my alarm the next morning and sluggishly turned it off. I was about to fall back to sleep when I remembered the events of the night before and sat up with a start to see if the blanket from my dream was actually hanging up on the wall. I gasped. Not because the blanket was draped exactly where I had left it, but because the eye was now on the blanket itself. 
Darting out of bed, I crossed the room in a flash and grabbed a hold of the fabric, yanking it off the wall and sending my picture frame crashing to the ground. I ignored the shattered glass at my feet and lifted the blanket in front of my face, staring at the eye, which eagerly stared back, as if glad I was finally awake. How did you get on here? I asked out loud before immediately realizing how absurd that act was. <laughs> I was talking to an eyeball that had appeared out of nowhere on my wall and had somehow managed to move itself onto the blanket that was used to cover it up. None of it made any sense, and I was becoming more convinced by the second that I must have been losing my mind. In a desperate bid to prove my sanity, I balled up the blanket and threw it back into the chair, stepping directly onto a piece of broken glass in my haste. I yelped out in pain and hopped on one foot back to my bed, leaving behind a small trail of blood as I did. Hunching over, I found the glass shard embedded right in the arch of my foot, and so I gritted my teeth and I pulled it out, moaning in pain as I did so. The shard of glass clattered to the floor when I looked over at the mess I had made, and I found the eye right back where it originally was on the wall, and it looked over at me with something new, almost like it was concerned. Its focus shifted from my face to my foot, and then followed the trail of blood over to the broken picture frame underneath it. It then looked over at the wall of fabric on the chair before looking back at me with an odd sort of curious compassion. Now I swear, I could see the gears turning as it pieced together what had happened to me while it was bundled up in the blanket. Whatever the look was, I didn't have time to decipher it. I needed to take care of my foot. So I stood up and hobbled across the room and out the door, the eye tracking me the whole way. A wave of relief washed over me as I entered the hallway and left the watchful gaze of my new companion. I cleaned up the cut and washed my foot in the bathroom before bandaging it. And then I limped back to the bedroom and poked my head in just to check. The eye was still in its spot on the wall, looking right at the doorway. As far as I could tell, it wasn't interested in anything but me. I decided I should just get breakfast and try to go about my daily routine. Whatever was going on, I wasn't going to solve it on my own. I needed help. I knew none of my friends would be online until later that evening, so I decided it was best to just avoid my room, try to have a normal day until then. Now minutes and hours ticked by at a glacial pace as I waited for night to come so that I could get some relief. I tried not to go to my bedroom very often during that time, but sure enough, I would find the eye watching the door every time I did. When my friends had finally logged on to hang and play, I told them my story. All of it. I told them about the eye on the wall, how it closed when I take pictures or videos, and how it moved onto the blanket and back to its original spot. Now, of course, they didn't believe me. I can't say I blame them, though. I just told them about a phenomenon that 
I could only see in that avoided visual documentation of any kind. It wasn't a believable or even provable story. They laughed it off, and, well, I did too after a little bit. There was no point in ruining the only good part of the day by trying to force the point. And who knew? Maybe it would be gone by the time I finished playing. But it wasn't. I went back to my room that night, and I found the eye exactly where I had left it. It looked up at me with some sort of quizzical impatience. Like, it wasn't angry, but definitely wanted to know where I had been all day. Listen, I just can't stay here all day, I told the eye. I have a life, you know. It looked back at me, incredulously. And so that became my pattern for a few weeks. I tried various ways of concealing the eye when I went to my room, only to have it appear on whatever was covering it up. Hell, I even tried to record it overnight, only to wake up to it on another wall or even on my ceiling. Whatever it was, it just liked to watch me. I was never quite afraid of it, but I found myself growing desperate for excuses to leave the apartment. That desperation grew stronger when the eye learned how to leave my bedroom. The first time it happened, I looked up while I was in the bathroom, and I found it staring right back at me. It was a good thing I was already on the toilet or... Well, things probably would have gotten messy. I tried sleeping on the couch, only to find the eye on the wall in my living room. I started taking longer walks every day. I'd stroll for hours on end, listening to the Creepy Ghost Stories podcast on Spotify as I wandered the city. When the eye found a way to appear on sidewalks and on the trees in the park, I started walking in more populated areas. For whatever reason, it didn't like to look at me when other people were around. And finally, it kind of turned out that being around other people wasn't as bad as it used to be. I mean, yeah, there were still stares and overly loud whispers, but they were nothing compared to the constant clinical observation that the eye brought. I eventually even found a coffee shop that I liked to do my work at, and sometimes I'd even bring a book to read after I finished up. My cleft lip hardly seemed to be an issue anymore. People would try to stare at it. Things could be awkward. But I found out that I really didn't mind, because I knew that anyone talking to me was doing it regardless of my looks. Still though, I could come home at the end of the day and find myself completely alone with the eye. Never seemed to get mad when I would spend my days in places it refused to go. But it did have an extra bit of intensity when I came back. Almost like it was making up for lost time. And that was when I decided it was time to try to do some dating. If the eye refused to watch me when I wasn't alone then I'd find a way to never be alone again. I mean, it was a foolish reason to start dating for sure, but hell, it got me started. I downloaded a dating app and even uploaded a selfie for the profile, smiling as best as I could. And you know what? I found someone pretty quickly too. She's kind and caring and thinks I look good even with my cleft lip, 
We moved in together after a few months of spending the night together every night, figuring it would save us money on rent. And we're still together now, actually. I haven't told her about the eye on the wall, and I don't think I'm ever going to. It doesn't matter why we met or what I even see when I'm alone. What matters is that I have her. The eye still appears in those rare moments when I am alone. But honestly, it's almost like seeing an old friend. <laughs>